The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there. Making us sound good today, and I think sounding better herself. Yeah, the voice is the voice is there again. It's so our, it's, our good, it's our good friend Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Welcome it's almost back. Friday. Someone said that they said Happy Happy Friday's Eve. I like that. We love. Friday. You want to do your first four through the door while you're looking at yeah, it? Yeah, might as well. Uh, Christopher, Rob Hadaway, Nicholas Morton, and again, Allison Brown. Man, Allison Brown on a row. Uh Today is Thursday. All day, in fact. Really? Until it's not. Is that true? Yes. Until midnight like, tonight. I feel like we need to get a scientist in here. Um, they'll, they'll be able to tell us. Um, it is uh, Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. 56 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 829. 829. This is the Aaron Pareda edition. Uh, if you're listing all the players who've ever played for the Rangers alphabetically. Number 829, Aaron Pareda. How cool is that? Extremely cool. That's the answer to that. <laughs> is it? Is it though? He played three games in nineteen in two thousand fourteen. Oh, but he's got that eight twenty nine spot. But here he is. He's got maybe. a whole stinking <laughs> podcast named after him. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it, we'll do it live. Big show today. We're gonna go through Thursday preview games uh, that we're interested in tonight. It is an odd slate in that I think that there's a couple games at the very top that are super interesting, and then, but it's not super deep. And I think part of that is because. Almost 30% of the state is off. Uh, it is it is the biggest bye week of the year here in week six. And so you have, I believe, it was something in the four, I was saying 429. 429. I said it in the, in the, oh, in the, the picks, picks video. video. I calculated it. But if you include private schools, yeah, that's there's, there's upwards of 420 uh, Texas high school football teams that are taking the week off this week that don't have a game. But uh, we will get to the Thursday night games to watch. We will then have a big time guest coming dun, dun, in dun. from. I guess you call it East Texas. Yeah, East yeah. Texas. We'll call it East Texas. It's over Maybank, there. The Maybank Panthers are 5-0. and And this is a team that hadn't won five games in a season, uh, I believe, since 2007? Wow. Yes. This has been a program that has been, I mean, I mean this in a very nice way. It's been in the dumps. But they have found a way in their second-year coach, Zach Hudson, will join us coming up here at about 12-15. 12.30-ish. I shouldn't do time checks, but uh, around around uh, the midway point, point of the show, we'll have the picks, my high school football predictions, which, by the way, you know what I realized I didn't pick? What? Katie and Katie Tompkins. Well, how could you forget that one? I don't know. I think that because I'm picking Katie to win, uh, and I think, I don't know, I'll talk, we'll talk about that because we'll get into the Thursday thoughts all about right, that. All right, all uh, right. Well, that, and then we'll finish it all out. Boo! With America's and then it shuts segment. down after that. America's no segment, more. Favorite segment. We're, we're cutting it's it off money. after Did you ever that. figure out who this is? Who, no, oh, crap. No. no, I didn't look it up, to be honest with you. Uh, I got busy. Somebody help her out in the comments. Let her know who this is. They were commenting about it yesterday. Yeah, that's fine. I'll have to I have, do I my think research. I, know, I think I know which nerds in the comments are going to know who yeah. it is, but <laughs> I think that's fine. Uh, okay, hey, first and foremost, I have to get this out of the way because my mom will be mad if I don't do this. Oh, Mama Tepper. Happy birthday to my little brother, Jeff. Ah, happy birthday, Jeff. Jeff turns. Oh, crap. I got to do some math oh, here. Oh, come on. Oh, oh, carry the. F- oh, he's five years younger than I am, so he turns twenty-eight today. That's it. Happy twenty-eighth birthday, buddy. Happy birthday, uh, Jeff. My you know, younger brother. He's the smart one in the family. Well, there are three. Well, I probably could have. So there are three that brothers. One. Well, I have an older brother too. Oh, okay. so you didn't know that. Well, um, he he is the smart one. He's an engineer. He went to Arkansas, so he's a hog. Uh, Ooh, and, big uh, suey. And and yeah, living and working in Little Rock right now. So uh, Little ha- Rock is pretty. 
You know, he likes it a lot. I had never really, it was one of those cities that I never thought about until my brother moved there. Yeah. And then I went, I was like, oh. It's really nice over there. Rock, Hot Springs is real nice, too. Little Rock is really nice. And then I went to a game in Fayetteville, too, oh, nice. uh, a couple years ago and when he was in school and, and loved it. So. Arkansas is underrated. Anyway, happy birthday, Jeff. Happy birthday, Jeff. Thank you, Mom, for, uh, you know, not for... Hooking <laughs> up the reminder. I'm, no, 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 no. She didn't remind me. I actually remembered. It was, okay. I was, I'll tell you the exact story. Is that I was filling out the... the uh, I was filling out the, kind of the, the opening script there of, of the, it being Thursday, October 3rd. Mm-hmm. And I goes, October 3rd. And I go, October 3rd, that's an important day. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> sprung me. Been there, done that. <laughs> All right. Let's get to a Thursday preview. Thursday games to watch around the Lone Star State. Um, you can see uh, Jay Plotkin's preview at TexasFootball.com. We've got Thursday games all across the state. Um, it's an interesting, as I mentioned, it's an interesting kind of slate of Thursday matchups. Um, the big one is probably you've got a couple of ranked teams, top two teams, going at it this week as uh, KD takes on KD Tompkins. This game's at 6 o'clock tonight at Legacy Stadium. And the Battle of Unbeatens, there's only 11 of those. Uh, this week that is a huge game. It's a huge game, and every year we talked about this on Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast. But Matt Step and I talked about how every year, Katie gets one challenger. It seems like from Katie ISD, and usually the past few years it has been Cinco Ranch. Cinco mm-hmm. Ranch has been fantastic. Cinco Ranch is, is down right now. Uh, they're, they're not having a great year. But Tompkins, one of the new, the newest program in Katie. No, Peto, uh, the second newest program in Katie. <laughs> They're on the up and up. Has risen up and has been fantastic. They have an unbelievable quarterback in Jalen Milrow, who's a Texas commit. He is an unbelievable quarterback and a tremendous, tremendous running back in R.J. Smith. This is not a flash-in-the-pan type team. This is a team that Matt Stepp in the preseason picked to go to a title game. Tompkins is serious business. Now they're running into Katie. Katie is currently riding, uh, I believe, let me... Let me Make sure I don't put my foot in my mouth in this because I already put my foot in my mouth on. You like to do that sometimes. I do. Um, Let's see. They have, I believe, they are riding the state's longest, uh, the second longest district winning streak. Katie is. Alito has won eighty coming into the year. They've won eighty three district games in a row. This is Katie's opener in district. They have won sixty seven district games in a row. Sixty seven. They have not lost a district game since two thousand and nine. Okay, pretty remarkable stuff. Katie coming off their bye week. You know what they're about. Quarterback Bronson McClellan, uh, this new running back Ronald Huff, and a crushing, crushing defense. Um, here's the thing, that, that the, the predicate to that sentence I set up earlier. Every year there's a team from KDISD that is, is the challenge for, for Katie. Tompkins looks like that team. If you are basing it on history, Katie generally smashes those teams. I mean crushes them. You go back and you look at those games when Cinco Ranch was really cooking. Really good Cinco Ranch team. Going up against Katie, and Katie just goes... (laughs) Under their thumb. It is... So this is something to be interested in. Now, I don't know if they face the kind of offense that they're going to see in this one. Now, that's of course, they have played North Shore. They held them down. Mm -hmm. They have played Atascacita. They held them down. Those are pretty explosive offenses themselves. Here's another one. Uh, Interested in, in the style of this game. I think it's understandable that Katie's the favorite. If you're into the, if please subscribe to Dave Campbell's Texas Football so you can ke- see computer projections of every Texas high school football game. I'll give you this one for free. The computer likes Katie by thirty. Okay, that is more of a reflection of how dominant Katie is than it is uh, about what Tompkins is. But this is a big game in the sense that uh, historically this has been the kind of game that Katie comes out and rolls. We're going to find out what happens tonight. I think our man, uh, Simon Mann, made a really good point, too. I think this one will be a really, really watched game in the Houston area because yes. tomorrow, while a lot of Houston is off, I feel like some of No, them, no, a lot. No, Houston's, Houston's on. Houston's on. Okay. Houston. Well, the Astros play tomorrow night. Yeah, good in point. In the thing. So sure. It, it, and it Friday helps. night, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Friday night, that maybe maybe this, but here on a Thursday night. I think that was smart scheduling on their part. That's an interest. That's an interesting part. Well, I don't know if they saw that coming. Right. Eh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, other games uh, in the DFW Metroplex: Arlington Bowie and Arlington Sam Houston uh, go out in four six a play. Um, should be interesting. You know, Arlington Sam Houston's I think on on the rise, but this would be a really big win if they could pull this off. Um, Northwest Eaton and Keller Fossil Ridge in a game with major playoff implications mm-hmm. in district because if you want to talk about I believe if both Fossil Ridge and Eaton 
get into the playoffs, I believe that's the case, if they both get into the playoffs, then both Geyer and Carroll go to the Division One bracket. And I will tell you, Carroll's locked in. I think they have to go to the Division One bracket. But Geyer, they don't want to go there. No. That's the land of Giants. They mm-hmm. don't want that. So this is a huge game to keep an eye on there. Um, Austin Del Valle and, and Austin High uh, will go out in 25-6A in what is fundamentally a District 25-6A playoff elimination game. Uh, this is a game to keep an eye on. That's, that's on KBVO down there in, in Austin. Uh, down in the Valley... If you're interested in uh, um, two winless teams, somebody's going to get their first win tonight. Woo-hoo. Either Donna North or Edinburgh North. They're going at it tonight. Uh, they will. Some one team will win that game because we don't do ties. <laughs> that is guaranteed. <laughs> Amarillo and Lubbock Monterey in a two five eight division one matchup. Um, Amarillo has not been great away from home, uh, which is interesting because now they got to go to Lubbock uh, to take on a Monterey team that is uh, uh, that is got to figure something out defensively. They've given up fifty points per game. Um, in their last three games, all losses. So uh, the game I'll be at tonight, myself and Ishmael Johnson will be at. Uh, Frisco Lone Star taking on Frisco Wakeland. Uh, I, I will I will just say this. Lone Star, this is, if you look at the records, it's 4-0 versus 3-1. and You're going, oh, okay, this is interesting. Uh, Lone Star is a heavy favorite in this one. Uh, as the number one team in 5A Division One. I'm going to this game because, <clears throat> one, I want to make fun of Mike Leslie from WFA. He's calling the game. And then at the star, and too. It's at the star. So I'll go to Connie Rosso. Uh, but three. <laughs> There's a real reason. Three. No. <laughs> I want to get eyes on Lone Star. Like, I want to see mm-hmm. them in person. I want to see what they're about. And I want to, you know, I, I feel like, obviously, when you watch highlights and obviously when you talk with coaches and, and I trust the, the sources that we have all across the state, I feel like I have a good feel for them. Mm-hmm. But there is nothing like seeing them in person. No, I could, a team in person. Yeah, absolutely agree with that, too, especially because I was at the Lone Star game when they beat Highland Park, and that was absolutely the best game that I've sure. seen all season. It was their fun right, to Right, and you came away thinking both those teams are pretty good. Good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. You saw them in person. Mm-hmm. It gives you a different kind of perspective. So it I'm really interested does. in this one. Uh, you know, if, if Wakeland's going to pull the upset, uh, quarterback Peyton Lewis is going to need to have another big game. Uh, and, and their receiver Kate, uh, Kevin Reichel, but we'll find out. I'm, I'm interested. I'm. I feel like maybe I'm just setting myself up to eat a lot of crow if Wakeland <laughs> pulls off the stunner. But um, that would still make for I a am, good game. I'm just. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> neither, either way. <laughs> yeah. But I'm interested in seeing the Lone Star Machine operate. That is, everyone around me has seen them operate, and they have all come away very impressed. I'm interested in seeing the machine. Down in Corpus Christi, uh, a big game in 15-5A Division One. Uh, Corpus Christi Flower Bluff uh, taking on Corpus Christi Moody. Uh, great story Moody has been. 3-2. Uh, and two. They only won four games last year. Um, this is a Moody team that dro- do- uh, dropped their district opener, but they've beaten Carroll and King in consecutive weeks. Uh, Daryl Nation is the guy to know for Moody. Flower Bluff has eyes, especially with a win in their pocket against Veterans Memorial. They have eyes on winning that district. Uh, you got to take care of these games. And so this is a big game there down there in 15-5 Division One. Angleton looking to bounce back. They draw four pen Hightower tonight. Um, Hightower, better than I think people think. Um, I think that the uh, the running game with Ronald uh, Ronald Carroll and Roderick Johnson has been really solid. Uh, question's going to be on defense going up against this Angleton team that I think may be smarting coming off of last week's loss to Shadow Creek. I'm interested in, in, in Angleton and Fortpin uh, Hightower. I want to see I want to see Angleton bounce back. That's what I want to see. I want to mm-hmm. see a bounce back from them. And if not, then maybe it's time starts taking Hightower pretty seriously. Uh, also down in the Houston area to close it out, uh, uh, another kind of, I don't know if it's a district elimination game, but Jersey Village has probably got to figure it out. Uh, and they probably need to beat Houston Memorial tonight if they want to make the playoffs. If they don't win this game and they drop to 1-3, and three, and more importantly, beating a team in Memorial that, that honestly you kind of count as a district win in the beginning, this is a game you got to win. So I'm interested in that one uh, down there in, in, uh, in district play down there in, in the Houston area. So overall, it's a great slate of games in the Houston area all weekend. Um, plus Astros and are the Texans in town? I don't know. I believe so. Mm, Question mark. I bet they'll play a football game sometime. Anyway. Most likely. Those are Thursday games to watch. Please see Jay Plotkin's Outstanding Thursday Viewer's Guide at TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting. 
all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. You get two magazines. If you subscribe today, the first magazine you get will be our recruiting edition, which comes out in December. You will get that plus the 2020 Summer Edition. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game, premium podcasts like Tep and Step, our, pre- our uh, premium high school football podcast where Matt Step and I nerd out for a long time about high school football. Uh, you get recruiting analysis from friends at Next Level Athlete. What else? Oh, access to our archives. Uh, if you've ever wanted to flip through like the 1964 edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, but you don't want to go online and buy one for $700,000, then why don't you just go check out the digital edition that we have up on TexasFootball.com. You can flip through it right now at TexasFootball.com. archive for insiders. All sorts of good stuff for insiders, all for the low, low price uh, at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Ashley, let's go to the hotline and let's bring in. I don't know if I've. I don't know. Probably there may not have been phones the last time we were able to say the head coach of the five and zero Maybach Panthers. But here we are saying it. <laughs> the head coach of the five and zero Maybach Panthers. Come coach, on, Greg. Coach Zach Come Hudson on, Greg. joins us. <laughs> hey, Coach. How are things in Maybach? Well, they they're pretty good. I will tell you. You know, now I'm, I'm being glib. But it has been a while since Maybank has been cooking uh, like this. I'm, I, you know, five and zero. Oh, you guys, uh, this is a, a program that hasn't won five games in an entire season since two thousand and seven. Um, I guess w- what is the what is the mood? What is the vibe around town right now? Oh, there's a lot of people excited. Our community's still strong. You know, they just want to see us uh, be successful and. Uh, and we packed the house last Friday, and it was a very, very fun environment for our kids and and for our community. You are you're there in your second year there at, at Maybank, and this is a a program you took over that was uh, struggling a little bit. Uh, first year didn't go to the way that you guys were hoping at just two and seven. Uh, what has been the difference this year? What has clicked for you guys that has you guys rolling right now? Well, you know, last year people say it didn't go as well, but I, you know, it took us about a half a year to figure things out with the kids and uh, completely new coaching staff. And it took us, you know, five, six games to figure out where people fit best in the system. And uh, we just kind of got rolling late uh, last year. And uh, we're playing good football, just uh, turned the ball over too much. And it, it rolled into this year. Uh, the kids had confidence. Um, you know, we, we moved the ball a lot of people last year. So, they had confidence going in. We just had to fix some things, and, and they were able to fix them. We hired some a uh, couple new coaches that, that helped out a lot, and, and uh, you know the kids kids were were eager. They really were, and uh, they could see some they could see a lot at the end of the tunnel from last year, and, and uh, they carried it over to this year. That's interesting because you know you, you mentioned that, and, and you know we talked so much about how winning is kind of contagious. And, 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 and wins beget wins. Um, even though last year, you know, the, the record may not have been what you guys were wanting, you saw those signs that you guys were turning a corner, even when, you know, even when maybe some of the results weren't going your way? Absolutely. You know, there was, we, we suited up 38 kids last year. And the last Saturday we had a film session, uh, we had 38 kids at it. Wow. And that goes to show you, you know, the, the, even the seniors that were leaving could feel it. You know, they could, they could feel them get better. They could feel the team get better. The environment uh, was where it needed to be. We just, you know, came on too late. But, uh, uh, you know, I give credit to coaches that were here last year. I give credit to players that were here last year for a lot of success we're having this year because, um, you know, I think it's a lot of it has carried over. We're talking with Zach Hudson, the head coach at the Maybank Panthers here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, one of the things that, that strikes me as, as the, the spot of the biggest improvement for y'all uh, has been on the defensive side. Uh, this is a, you know, last year uh, the, the defense gave up something like, along the lines of 30 points per game. This year, uh, through five games, uh, just 13 points per game. What, what is it on the defensive side that, 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 uh, that has changed or clicked for you guys? Oh, we have a lot of guys that played last year, you know, that, that came back this year. Uh, we changed the defense up. Uh, you know, we went back to something uh, I was a little more used to uh, in the 4-3. And uh, it kind of just fit our kids a little better. You know, again, last year it was hard because we didn't know what the kids were better at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we had to stick to what we brought. 
and uh, we changed it up a little bit this year due due to personnel. Um, and another thing that helps you on defense is when your offense hangs on to the ball. Yeah. And we haven't had near the turnovers this year. And so I give credit to the offensive guys a lot uh, that we've been able to, you know, keep the points down because our offense has held on to the ball a lot better this year than we did last year. Well, and furthermore, on to that same, you know, it's not just about turnovers. You know, you guys are, are a team that is designed to sit on the ball. You guys are a wing to attack. You you are a guy who's always pride, even when you were at Howe, you, you guys were a team that grinded it out on the ground, uh, and that wing tee is, is really cooking for you guys. You know, one thing I'm always interested in asking coaches who run this style of offense is uh, the wing tee is not, a, a, is not an, an offense predicated on superstars. It is not a, it is not a, a star-making type offense. That is a, everybody grabs the rope and pulls in the same direction. How do you build with with these guys uh, the, I guess, the attitude of, of let's all do our job and we'll do better, knowing full well that they're probably not going to get the headlines. They're probably not going to get you know people coming out there to take their photo. How do you kind of build that team mentality? Well, I, I do think... Uh, you know, we, we run more of a slot tee than a wing tee, uh, so everything is tied up in that box. We rarely have a receiver out wide. And when, when I, I, I believe as a coach that's done this for a little while now, but when, when you run that style of offense, it makes your defense better because when you see it every day and you pound every day, the pounding at a game is normal. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're better run stoppers on defense when you run the style of offense. And then on top of it, you're absolutely right, is every kid's got to hold the rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not designed for superstars. It's designed for four yards in a cloud of dust. <laughs> and you can do that with some kids that might not be able to run a spread offense and, and kick step on the offensive line and hold off 320-pound defensive linemen. But in this offense, you can do some things to take advantage of uh, – weaknesses at certain spots and not have to have a superstar offensive line or anything else you just have to do some other things right and so it helps uh our kids in in that sense and uh it's just fit us it it really has i think the last time they were five and oh they were running the wing tee so (laughs) there's there's something to it here maybe (laughs) listen it's it's yeah maybe they were just waiting for the for the right fit um you know uh, if there is if there is a a headliner on your on your offense you know and, and by all means, correct me if I'm wrong. I would I would lean towards a guy like Dakota Shaw, a guy who's a, a two year returning starter there at the running back spot, uh, and he is a thumper. Uh, up, I mean, he is a guy who, who I know runs tough and is a very physical running back. You know, you're the guy who gets to see him every day in practice. What is it about Dakota Shaw that makes him special? You know, I mean, he's a big kid. He's a load to, to bring down. You know, uh, and, and he and he does bring a little bit of speed with his size you know we have another kid that's about his same size and jeffrey peterson that does a great job of blocking for everybody and then you know really our go daddy is jacob mccray that really gets on the edge and uh you know we he actually plays defense a lot and uh but he's averaging i think two touchdowns a game and he probably doesn't play but maybe half the snaps on offense and so uh you know it's once again in this offense it gets you know that ball gets tossed around to different people and it, and it takes everybody and uh they all do a good job at it uh, marcus pruder one of our other running backs does a great job but, you know they all get their touches uh they just get them in different ways and throwing the ball to them you know uh, i, I want to go back to to when you you know you you made the move over to, to maybank you were at how uh before that and and doing good things at how i mean you guys you you know if, if you talk about a guy who's been been able to turn around programs you know you help turn around kind of steer the ship in the right direction there at how um you know you move on to maybank i know that that was not the first time your phone had rung uh but i'm interested especially now a year into it uh, why has maybank been such a good fit for you uh i'm kind of a small town guy and uh you know i, I really don't interest into being inside the metroplex uh, we've actually moved from down south where i was a head coach at weimer for two years and moved up this area to take care of my granddad and he passed away so we wanted to get a little further south uh you know no time frame or anything just something we were looking at but when the maybank job came open i was familiar with it because my i had some family in canton which is only you know 15 miles down the road so i was familiar with the lake area and and, and stuff like that and uh, you know, threw my name in the hat, and, and good things came from it. But 
God has blessed me and, and uh, with some great coaches and great kids. And so, uh, once again, I'm blessed again with the same scenario. There's just some good football being played on Cedar Creek Lake between y'all and Malakoff. I mean, it's something's in the water out there. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is. And it's a total different style of football, yeah. too. Uh, you know, when you take their what they do and what we do, but uh, it is. And, you know, I think every small school has its ups and downs. You know, Kemp was so strong for so many years for the last, you know, couple years and Eustace and everything else. So everybody kind of goes through their lumps. But, uh, you know, hopefully we're bringing some pride back to the area. And, and uh, I know our community has been real supportive and, and uh, been real good for us. Uh, we're talking with Zach Hudson, head coach at Maybank here on Texas Football Today. Uh, you're in your open week. I'm always very careful not to say a bye week or, uh, or an off week because I know it's not an off week. Uh, what, do you, what are you looking to accomplish in your open week? Well, we go back to basics. Mm-hmm. We go back to what we did in two-a-days because I think when the game plan is coaches, sometimes you get away from it after three or four weeks. and You get away from those things that you see on film like they should know what to do because we did it but then you turn around and say we ain't done it three weeks <laughs> and so we go back and we just start over and make sure we understand what we do and uh, whether that be on offense or defense and uh, we go back to the basics for two days and that's all we teach we don't worry about Crandall right now uh, till today and now we start game planning a little bit for them but we for two days straight we practice just like we did it two days and uh you know, go back to the basics and make sure we understand, you know, our six base plays that we run on offense and make sure we understand our two base defenses that we run and, you know, everything we have to do out of. Uh, speaking of which, you know, after your open week, you guys do go on the road to your District 9-4A Division One opener, uh, you know, on the road at Crandall. Uh, and, you know, not going to ask you to give away your game plan. I know that you're, you're you're asking your kids not to focus on Crandall, but I also know that uh, the, the coach's office has a door, and you guys can do, uh, do you know, focus on Crandall within those walls. Not, like I said, not going to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look at what you're up against uh, against the Pirates next week, uh, what do you see? Well, I, I think you're going to get the same thing out of them. They're, they're, they're a well-coached team. Uh, Coach Carey's been there for a while, so they know what they're doing. Every kid on that field knows what they're doing, and you can tell when you watch the film. Uh, they're going to have uh, some very fast athletes out on the field, faster than we are. Uh, but most of the time, people are faster than we are. So we have to learn, and we've had to teach our kids how to contain speed. And uh, so we try to do that. And, uh, you know, last year we were in the ball game till the second half. And uh, we turned the ball over too much. And uh, I think if we take care of the ball, we'll be in the ball game. But, you know, this this district is a very tough district. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of – I mean, you go look at the – look at everybody's record and scores, and everybody's playing pretty good. And so, uh, uh, you know, we're going to have to show up every Friday night with our best game. Yeah, and, you know, that was kind of my final question there. It's about 9-4 Division One. Um, I think folks look at Middle Heritage, obviously a team that started the year state ranked. They've, they've you know struggled a little bit, but playing a very difficult schedule. You add in a team like Waxhatchee Life that's playing really good ball right now. Athens, of course, always a problem. Whenever you take a look at District 9, 4A, Division 1, uh, from your perspective, how do you see it? Well, you know, there... We don't. There's only one team on our schedule that everybody kind of plays, and when I say everybody, a couple of teams played, and that was Ferris. Yeah. Everybody kind of fared the same with Ferris. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to tell, though, because Ferris has some different kids out in different games. Uh, so, you know, how those matchups happen, who knows. But, uh, I, you know, the way we roll things here and, uh, you know, our kids do is, you know, the, the type of offense we have – uh, type of defense we run we have to worry about ourselves and, and not pay attention to all that and and you know we game plan and prepare but we have to execute what we do best and uh, uh you know it's going to be a tough district it always is always will be and we're going to find out how good we are there are big things cooking out there off 175 there in Cedar Creek Lake uh, as the Maybank Panthers are 5-0. and Their coach is at Cutson. Coach, really appreciate your time. Again, congratulations on the fantastic start. Uh, enjoy your open week, and uh, best of luck next week and down the road. Thank you, sir. There he goes, Zach Hudson, head coach of Maybank Panthers, 5-0. and That is, I mean, guys, this is a, I mean, I believe coming into this week, there's a stat I saw. Coming into this year, yeah. 
coming into this year, since 2012, they were five and 59. Or I'm sorry, let me rephrase. Nine and 59 since 2012. 2012, 2018, nine and 59. And now they're five and stinking oh. That's a good way to turn it, it around, is, man. It is really remarkable what's happening out there at Maybank. And and by the way, look, I mean, I think people are going to say, oh, well, who are they played? Uh, I, I think that win over, I really think that win over Will's Point a couple weeks ago uh, was, was a really impressive win for them. Uh, they've beat Kemp, who has kind of traditionally had their number uh, between them, go on the road and beat Canton. Uh, that's a big rivalry game out there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I don't know. They got a little something. And I think that when you get kids buying in on that kind of that T offense, that slot T, wing T-ish type thing that they've got cooking and the defense is playing well, I'm telling you, I, I think they've got something going out there. And I'm interested to see that that whole district, by the way, is going to be a dogfight. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of parity in that district out there in 9-4-A Division One, But Maybank off to a 5-0 and start. We appreciate Zach Hudson hopping on with us. Not to mention, too, that uh, that little green panther that they have is their logo. Oh, yeah. That thing's pretty cool. It is like, very cool. It's kind of 3D-ish. It's, it's cool. I well, liked and the, it. And, and, and the, the green, The too. green panther. Yeah. I was um, here for that. Yes. If you're ever driving out, uh, if you're ever on 175 heading out east from the DFW Metroplex, uh, you can see Maybank High School right there. So, uh, appreciate Coach Zach Hudson hopping on with us. We are at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Big week of Texas High School football on deck. Week 6 is upon us, kicking off tonight. Big games all across the state. Here are my predictions for the biggest games in Texas high school football in week six here on Texas Football Today. We've reached the midway point of the Texas high school football season, but we're not slowing down. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks presented by Visit Arlington, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Week six of the Texas high school football season, and I think if you're looking around, you're saying, oh, a lot of teams are taking the week off. And in fact, this is the biggest bye week of the year. 426 total teams, if you include private school teams, are taking the week off. That is more than 28% of the state is having an open date this week. But here's the funny thing. The games that are left are absolute bangers. It is a crazy week of Texas high school football. Huge games all across the state. We start in Denton. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at C.H. Collins Stadium in Denton. It is a top 10 6A clash as the South Lake Carroll Dragons visit the Denton Geyer Wildcats. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, young signal callers. So both of these programs have a history of putting out really, really good quarterbacks. Perhaps you've heard of a few of them like Gerard Hurd for Geyer or Chase Daniel for South Lake Carroll or maybe the coach Riley Dodge at South Lake Carroll. But I will tell you that these two young stud quarterbacks for both these teams are the next big thing. For South Lake Carroll, it's Quinn Ewers. The sophomore has been absolutely terrific and well worth the hype. A guy that we've heard a lot about, and then when you see him in person, he's somehow even better. And then on the Geyer side, it's Eli Stowers. The junior quarterback has stepped up big, and I think he's really grown into this role as a quarterback. He has gotten so much better this season. These two young quarterbacks are going to go head-to-head on Friday night. Who has the bigger game? Key number two, Geyer's defense. And this is kind of a question of which one shows up. Does the Geyer defense for the past couple of weeks, when they've been really sensational, led by Jonathan Jones, does that defense show up on Friday night? Or does the defense that we saw in the first two weeks show up when they gave up 93 points to two admittedly good offenses, but still were giving up some big plays? This Denton Geyer defense has been a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde. They need to be really, really good on Friday night. Can they show up in a big way on the big stage? And key number three, underrated strengths. I think with all the focus being on the quarterbacks in this matchup, it's easy to overlook what may be the strongest parts of both of these teams. For Geyer, it's the running game. Uh, Kadra Cobbs, their running back, has been sensational, and their big, bruising offensive line is blowing up in holes for him to run through. It has been really fun to watch them run the ball. On the other side, for Carroll, 
Their defense has been amazing. It's been really good. They are fast. They are fundamentally sound. They fly to the football. Graham Faluna leads the way for this Dragons defense. So I get the feeling that one of those underrated strengths is going to steal the show on Friday night. Which one is it? Who am I picking? I'm going with Geyer. I, I think that right now the offensive balance we are seeing from the Wildcats has been really, really impressive, and I'm just not sure that many defenses across the state are going to have an answer for it. Beyond that, they are at home, and they have traditionally played very well at home. For me, if Carroll's going to win this game, believe it or not, I think they want to keep it low scoring. Keep this game in the 20s, maybe into the low 30s. I don't think they want to get in the shootout, which is weird to say for South Lake Carroll. I think that Riley Dodge is going to dial up a fantastic game plan. Two great coaches in this one with Dodge going up against John Walsh. I think this game is close. Could come down to who has the ball last. But for now, I think Geyer comes away with a big win. Let's go way out east. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Hawk Stadium in Texarkana. It is a 4A slugfest between the Carthage Bulldogs and the Pleasant Grove Hawks. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, Carthage's offensive line against Pleasant Grove's defensive line. And... Uh, I mean, I know that we're going to talk a lot about weapons. We're going to talk a lot about Calvante Dixon for Carthage. We're going to talk a lot about Bruce Garrett for Pleasant Grove. But this is where the game is going to be won and lost. And this is going to be a showdown you do not want to miss. The Carthage offensive line led by Takias Crawford is one of the very best in 4A hard stop. And pound for pound, it's one of the best defense offensive lines rather in the entire state. Uh, on the other side... How many 4A teams have two superstar defensive ends? Well, Pleasant Grove is one of them. With Landon Jackson and Marcus Burris, they can get after the quarterback. This is the matchup in this game. The PG defensive line against the Carthage offensive line. Who wins out? Key number two, Pleasant Grove's offensive balance. And at this point, you've heard us talk a lot about this Pleasant Grove attack and how unique it is, but it's worth reiterating that what makes them so good is the fact that they are able to run the ball and pass the ball. Obviously, this wing tee attack is headlined by Bruce Garrett, their outstanding running back, but quarterback Ben Harmon can sling it as well. They have a really good knack for finding that mix of run and pass. For Carthage, they need to take away one of those elements. So, can PG's offensive balance show up on Friday night? And key number three, pride. You'd be hard-pressed to find an area of the state that takes Texas high school football more seriously than East Texas, and these are two of the very best programs out East, at least at the small school level. Carthage has won six titles since 2008. They are, in many respects, the East Texas high school football program of record. Going up against Pleasant Grove, that lately has looked every bit the part of the best team in East Texas. And I guarantee you that in both of those locker rooms, Josh Gibson for Pleasant Grove and Scott Surratt for Carthage are telling their boys, guys, this is for the crown. This is for being the team in East Texas, at least from a small school perspective. So, with so much on the line, who steps up big? Who am I picking? I'm going with Pleasant Grove. Being at home certainly helps in this one, but I think their offensive balance is really what makes this team tick. Uh, the ability to throw the ball with Ben Harmon I think is going to test this Carthage defense in a way uh, that they haven't seen yet this season. Now, they're going up against Carthage attack led by Calvante Dixon and Kai Horton, their quarterback, that is pretty explosive themselves. And if the Carthage offensive line can hold up and have a big game, I think they can pull out this road victory. But for now, I think that Pleasant Grove brings them a very narrow win. 6 p.m. Saturday at Turner Stadium in Umble. It's a battle of unbeatens between the Umble Wildcats and the Pasadena Adobe Longhorns. And who saw Umble coming? The Wildcats are off to an unbeaten start thanks to an outstanding running game led by Zaveri Harris. But my question for them is, are they tested? The teams they've played are combined 4-19 and 19 on the season. Well, they're going to get a test this week against a Doby team that can run the ball themselves. Dontavian Crosby, their running back, has been absolutely sensational. I think this game is hard-hitting and has a chance to be really fun. But you know what? I'm buying in on Humble. I think the Wildcats get the win. Let's go to the 409, 7 p.m. Friday night at Memorial Stadium in Beaumont. It is the unbeaten Beaumont United Timberwolves taking on the unbeaten Beaumont Westbrook Bruins in what may be the biggest game in Beaumont 
in many, many years. And what a job Arthur Lewis has done at Beaumont United, the new program rising up to 6A with the merger of Beaumont Ozen and Beaumont Central, and they have built a defense in a hurry. They are nasty, and they play with an edge. What do they do against this Westbrook attack led by quarterback Troy Yeoman that is really flying right now? I think this game is going to be electric. Memorial Stadium is going to be jumping, but I give the edge to Westbrook. I think they come away with a win. And let's go to Fayette County, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Bulldog Stadium in Flatonia. It's another battle of unbeatens in 2A as Flatonia takes on Weimer, and these two teams know how to run the ball. Ravondre Weeks, the running back for Weimer, has been sensational, and DeCorey Willis for Flatonia has the Bulldogs off to an undefeated start. This game is going to come down to defense. It's probably going to come down to stops late. I think Flatonia's got a little something. I think the Bulldogs bring home a victory. But those are far from the only big games in week six of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. Austin Vandegrift beats Round Rock in a battle of unbeatens. Georgetown Eastview takes control of that wild District 13-5A Division II with a win over Brenham. And I think Lamar Consolidated stays perfect with a win over Brian Rutter. With apologies to Coach Kyle Atwood's mustache, I think Port Lavaca Calhoun beats Alice. Give me miles over Cross Plains. And U.S. Trinity takes down St. Angelo Central. West Orange Stark edges Jasper Crane beats Ozona. And give me Seeley over Brazosport. Perlin takes down rival Perlin Dawson. Azel takes down Crowley. And in another battle of unbeatens, I like Cy Fair over Cy Falls. Pampa beats Dalhart. Honeygrove stays perfect with a win over Cumbie. And I like Groover over Wheeler. Dieball stays perfect with a win over Crockett. Gladewater Sabine stays perfect with a win over Tatum. And Abilene Cooper stays perfect with a win over Lubbock Coronado. Holland beats Thorndale. El Paso Andrus beats El Paso Burgess while the rest of El Paso takes the week off. And Waco Connolly beats Lorena. Temple squeaks by Belton. Sherilyn Pioneer beats Mercedes. And up north, I like Holiday over Wichita Falls City View. Northside Harlan beats San Antonio Harlandale while the rest of San Antonio is pretty much taking the week off. And in our sixth man game of the week, I like Oakwood over Union Hill. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash DaveCampbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash DaveCampbells. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week six of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There it is, the picks. High school for week six of Texas high school football. It's on YouTube right now, youtube.com. Yeah, it is. Search it. Um, I think we'll put it up on the website here, too. Uh, so we will it have is. It. It's on the website? Yeah, I, I do my job. He doesn't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> you pretty much nailed it. Uh, <laughs> stuck the landing there, Pickle. Thanks. Um, appreciate it. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Every once in a great while. <sighs> this is when the computer shuts down. Every once in a great while. Go home. There is a... Quit watching. Uh, a movement. Get out while you can. There's a moment that comes uh, when when two <sighs> things collide. Like Hatred college betting and, and America. Disgustingness. And that's what's going on here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, no. please welcome back America's favorite segment. It's free money! Least favorite segment. Free money! My college football picks against the spread. And last week, six and three. Six and three, baby. Although it was funny because I had like a couple picks that I was super proud of that I hit. Like, for example, I called Rice was going to beat Louisiana Tech. They didn't, which but they didn't covered. happen, which I still but think you were supposed to. Mm, I still think you were supposed no, to. Covered. I was That's supposed to get an Ashley's the right name out of, of the that game one. is here. I nailed that. Uh, there were a few others that I felt just like really good. I was like, yes, pumping my fist whenever it came down. But then there were like some hilariously wrong picks. Like I picked <laughs> North Texas to cover that seven against Houston, which was just hilariously wrong. Uh, I also picked Kansas to cover the 15 and a half. Yeah, that uh, was just TCU. Not smart. Hilariously wrong. So it's weird. And then UTEP uh, basically just like didn't lose Continued by enough. To Th they didn't lose UTEP. by enough. So they actually covered. <laughs> so, but what's interesting it was a great week, six and three. I'm twenty four nine and three on the year, uh, so 
far. We have one, two, three, four, only seven games this week. Yeah, it's a, it's a lighter off. batch. We got a couple of uh, couple of in-state teams playing each other uh, in one case, and then also a couple of teams off. So, Ashley, why don't we kick it off? If we have to, I guess we'll go ahead and get started here. We've got 21, Oklahoma State, taking on the Red Raiders, 11 a.m. on Saturday. OSU favored by 10. So Oklahoma State is coming off of that really impressive uh, win last week over uh, over Kansas State, and I think that there's a lot of a lot of folks who are really fired up about about what they're doing right now. Um, I am less fired up about them, and, and I'll I'll tell you why. I just I'm I'm not quite sure I buy what they're selling. Uh, I think that the offense is pretty good, but I think that the defense kind of was able to flex on a team that was uh, just not as not as good. Uh, now and so now they have to go on the road to Lubbock. Tech's coming home, and I know what people are thinking. Oh, well, Tech, you know, what's going on here? Uh, and, and I'm not here to tell you that, that I think that Tech is, is this world beater. But a double-digit home dog is a little bit too much for me to, to feel like is going to happen. I think Tech plays better at home. Uh, this is their first home game in a month, basically. I think it would help Tech a lot if they were if it was not at eleven. I think that would help yeah, a little bit more. Uh, there bringing is the, fans. There in. is that, but you don't gotta worry about Tech fans showing up and being around. <laughs> uh, I think this <laughs> the I, mimosas start flowing. I will just say that this. I think this game is closer, and, and as a result, I'll take the double-digit home dog in this one. I'm gonna take Tech uh, plus ten. I think they keep this game in single digits. I like them to to cover that, so that is what I'm going to uh, to go with. What's next, Ashley? All right, up next, another Big 12 matchup here: TCU at Iowa State, 11 o'clock a.m. again on Saturday. Iowa State favored by three and a half. So yeah. Home. So Iowa. So Iowa State coming coming off of a loss last week uh, to T or rather to Baylor. Uh, they do come home as well. Uh, this is a really interesting matchup in the sense that. I think that kind of both offenses are kind of scuffling right now. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, I think these teams are, are in many respects kind of mirror images of, of one another in the sense that I think that the defenses are looking pretty good, but the offenses are scuff, scuffling a little bit. Brock Purdy was not good against 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 Baylor for no. large, large stretches of that game. Now they come home. Uh, I think TCU's the better team. Um and I think that, that maybe they figured out if they just stick with Max Duggan at quarterback. I think that but the biggest thing for me is that are they going to be able to run the ball? They've got to be able to run the ball. If they run the ball, then I think they're going to be able to uh, uh, to make that make it work. So um, I think... Do you think Iowa State will be like a little bit kind of wanting to like get a little bit of revenge for that Baylor game because they they came so close. I think and there, didn't there, well, and there's it. definitely an element of coming home, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and coming home and wanting to kind of get that taste out of your mouth. Um, I think that there. I think TCU is going to be able to run the ball, and that's going to be the name of the game. If they're able to run the ball, I think they're going to be able to. Do it. I think it's a coin flip type game. I might as well take the points. I'll also, be a Texas homer. I'm going to take TCU plus three and a half. I think they keep this game close. Uh, I think TCU uh, does the. They've already gone on the road and beaten Purdue, mm. so they've proven they can go on the road um, and a relatively long road trip as well. I like TCU plus three and a half. I'm going to take them. What's next, Ashley? Sticking with the Big 12 on this one, Texas Longhorns head over to West Virginia, 2:30 p.m. on Saturday. Texas is favored by ten and a half. Texas going to West by God, Virginia. Country road. Take me home. <laughs> they sing that every time. No? No, go on. Not, no, that's that's the extent of my singing career. <laughs> no, I, and here with a song is <laughs> Ashley Pickle. Uh, okay, so West Virginia is a 3-1 team, but I think that they're, um, I think they're a fraud. <laughs> I think they're a fraud. I think they're going to get exposed here. I think their defense is not good. And the way that Texas's offense is cooking right now, I think that they're going to be able to uh, light up what has been a relatively middling um, West Virginia defense. On the other side of it, look, this this offense is nothing really to write home about. They throw the ball okay, but they don't push it down the field. And to me, if you are if you're going to beat Texas, you've got to beat them over the top. Uh, expose those those safeties. Expose those. Um, expose the uh, you know the the, the corners. Uh, to me, this is a game that comes down to whether or not Texas is focused. Uh, 
we all know what this is. This is the quintessential trap game. Mm-hmm. Okay, they are on the road against a flawed but capable team in West Virginia, and next week is Red River. Mm-hmm. This is a trap game. Can they come out focused and take care of business against a team they should take care of? That is the only thing that that like the numbers to me point towards Texas, and I'm going to stick with the numbers. But I'm going to put that little asterisk on there that this does have trap game written all over it. I'm going to take Texas minus 10.5. I don't feel great about it, but I think that they're, I just think they're the better team. Yeah. I think that will win out in the end. But I do wonder if there's a mental edge here that could lean towards West Virginia. Uh, that's, that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause. I will take Texas minus 10.5 with a small asterisk of just keep an eye on it. Is there some sort of look at factor? What's next, Ashley? All right, we'll round out the uh, Big 12 slate here. Baylor heading to Kansas State, 2.30 p.m. again on Saturday. Kansas State favored by one and a half. So this is basically a question of do you think that Kansas State is a fraud? Like, (laughs) uh, that's basically more or less what it is. That a lot of the hype around Kansas State right now is kind of based on a win over Mississippi State. And I think we're starting to figure out that Mississippi State just ain't all that good. And so I'm starting to wonder if that's kind of if we're we are kind of overstating that a little bit. Uh, now they do have to go to Manhattan. Uh, Baylor has to go to Manhattan, and let's be real, um, the offense uh, started off good, faded. You know, I, I want to see something from from the offensive perspective uh, here from Baylor. Um, Kansas State's defense, I do think, is pretty good, and that is going to they're going to need a very sharp Charlie Brewer. Uh, in order to uh, to take care, uh, in or if they're going to come out uh, with this win, um, I am very interested to see what the Baylor defense is able to do because last week was really really good. Going up against a Kansas State offense that is very much reliant on running the ball, mm-hmm. but Baylor has been one of the better teams in the, in the nation at at holding down rushing offenses. They're 16th in the nation in opponents' yards per rush. Pretty darn good. I am going to take the points. I'm going to take Baylor plus one and a half. I think they've got a really good chance to win this game outright. But I do think this is one of those coin flip type games. I'm going to take Baylor plus one and a half. But they've got to make sure that offense gets cooking. Uh, if the offense gets going, I think the defense is going to be able to shut down Kansas State. I think that I don't think they necessarily have to worry about being outscored. Uh, my question is going to be, can uh, the offense find a little bit of traction? If the offense finds some traction, I think Baylor will be fine. I'm going to take Baylor plus one and a half. All Texas teams so far. What's yes. next? Uh, another Texas team here. Well, they're all Texas teams. I don't know if you're familiar with the thrust of the show. Go on. <laughs> I have the power to <laughs> shut down the computer. I'm just going to <laughs> remind you of that again. Uh, Rice at UAB. Conference USA matchup 6 p.m. on Saturday. UAB favored by 9 at home. Yeah. Um. So everything in this game points to UAB. Um, pretty much everything is that now the, the one, the one thing that I think will be very interesting, this is a game that the, the UA or rather the rice defense is going to have to win this game for them. They're going to have to keep this close because right now UAB's defense is, is really, really solid and they are especially solid against the run. Okay. They are the second best rush defense in the nation. Going up against a team that can't pass in Rice, that's bad news bears. And so if you are you if you are Rice, you've got to either throw the ball, which they haven't shown they can do this year. Not good. Or the defense is going to have to basically pitch a shutout. UAB's offense is really nothing to write home about. I don't think they're all that great. The, the, the passing attack is, is okay, uh, but they, they're kind of relying on hitting big plays. Uh, most importantly, though, this is Rice going on the road. I think Rice is going to stun somebody at home. They very nearly did it last week against uh, against uh, uh, Louisiana Tech. But on the road, probably asking too much. I'm going to take UAB minus nine in this one. Um, I think they're going. To, I think they're going to win by probably ten to twelve points. Did you learn your lesson from last week? No, I, I, I'm, I'm still a believer <laughs> not in Rice. To go with Rice. No, hey, I was mm-hmm. right. You, they covered. You were pretty adamant the, on them. What's the thrust of this segment? Oh, my goodness. I will shut down this computer. Just saying. 
What's and next, we have Ashley? two left. We've got Tulsa heading down to number 24, SMU. 6.30 p.m. Saturday in Dallas. SMU favored by 13. So this is all about... Um, this is all about where SMU's head is at. They are ranked for the first time since 1984. Um, this team is feeling very good about themselves. And they are playing a team that they are better than. Plain and simple. They are better than. Um, I think that they've got the edge. Every time Every time they're, uh, they have the, um, every time they have the ball, I think they have the edge. Their offense is going to. I think their offense is really going to be able to to do some good things against what has been a relatively mediocre Tulsa team. Um, I think that a, a lot of these points, uh, a lot of these things point to SMU. Uh, the biggest question for me is going to be where their head is at. Have they spent their Have they spent the week reading their own press clippings? They should come out there and they should honestly throttle Tulsa. Their offense has been great. Against a Tulsa defense that is okay, and Tulsa's offense has been not good. They cannot run the ball. Their passing game is really average. This is not a very good Tulsa team, at least on the offensive perspective. The thing this lines up for a big emphatic uh, win coming home after winning the skillet. Uh, a, a, a big emphatic win over uh, over Tulsa coming home after beating USF too. This is about where SMU's head is at. I buy it. I'm buying it on the ponies. I like SMU minus 13. I think they're just, again, it's kind of like the Texas game in the sense that it's about mental, uh, it's about it's about where their head is at. All the signs, SMU is a better team than Tulsa. They need to go out there and show it on, on, on Saturday. Jump out to an early lead. Uh, it's, a, it's a night game in Dallas. Hopefully people will show up. Come on, SMU. Let's they fill up that man. place. Yeah. Let's fill up that place. Uh, I like SMU minus 13. And finally. It is the uh, battle of, ooh, you both, someone's got to win this game. Uh, UTSA heading on over to El Paso, 7 p.m. Saturday night. UTEP favored by one and a half, which is probably, the, is that the first time UTEP has been favored this season? It is the first time they've been favored against an FBS team. Yes, they're favored against Houston Baptist if you count those things. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is actually, believe it or not, the third time in their last 31 games against FBS opponents that they are favored. They are favored, I believe, last year against Rice, and I believe the year before against Rice. That's it. It's the first time they've been favored against a team other than Rice in years. 2016. Good Lord. Um, look, this game's going to be ugly. I'm probably going to watch every dang snap. <laughs> it's not going to be a pretty one. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to watch every snap because I'm a psychopath. But... Um, if you're looking for an edge in this one, I would say that... Whoever scores more points. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. Both of these offenses are real, real bad. Both of these offenses are real, real bad. Fact. But I do think that UTEP has... Or rather, I wonder if UTEP has the better defense, and especially being at home. That is going to be the thing. UTSA's defense has been really bad. And you're asking them to go on the road... Uh, and win and and beat this team. Now, if you were to ask me in a vacuum, who do I think is the better team? I think UTSA is probably the more talented team, but um, I I'm gonna have to pick somebody. <laughs> I'm gonna take the home team. I like UTEP minus one and a half. I think the Miners get it done. Um, that's where I'm at on it. I think that I think that in the end, UTEP's defense is a little bit better, and that gives them the edge. But this is yeah, look. If this were an honest uh, financial segment, I would tell you to stay away from this game. Stay far, far away from this game. <laughs> Remove yourself from the situation. Don't bet on this game. <laughs> Don't bet on this game. But the whole idea of this segment is I have to pick the game. I'm going to take you to minus one and a half. I feel 0% confident in it. Um, <laughs> that is my pick. So, your free money picks for week six. I have like Texas Tech plus 10 at home against Oklahoma State. I like TCU plus three and a half at Iowa State. I like Texas minus 10 and a half at West Virginia. I like Baylor plus one and a half at Kansas State. I like UAB minus nine at home against Rice. I like SMU minus 13 at home against Tulsa. And I like UTEP minus one, uh, minus one and a half kind of at home against UTSA. <laughs> Ish, and that kind of. is free money. Thank and now we go to, we're done with that. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. The actual 
favorite segment, one might say. But first off, uh, Chris Rapp actually left us a very nice little note. He said, this podcast and the five hours of coverage on Fridays are among the very short list of things that get me through the year in China. Cannot wait to get back to Texas and start cover er, co- start coaching on Fridays again. Thank you all, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Very nice of you, Chris. Thank you very much. Um, how do you say thank you in Mandarin? Gigi, I think it is. Gigi Chris. Or Shishi, or Shishi. something like that. It's one of those. Anyway, yeah. thank you in Mandarin. Yes. <laughs> um, up next, let's see. Oh, uh, it is also uh, Mama Step's birthday. So happy oh, birthday. Oh, happy to birthday to Matt to Steps. To, to mother. The, the person uh, that who, who gave birth I would to the say, Transformer. I would say <laughs> the person who uh, was the mother of the greatest player in Everman basketball history. Yes. E Block, stand up. Happy birthday, yeah. Step. <laughs> and then. Uh, We'll go with a question here. Let's see. Did you pick the West Orange Stark versus Jasper game? Yeah, I took West Orange Stark, Stark. in a close one. Okay. And then the other one Remember, was... Remember, Mailback Friday tomorrow. So if you have games about specific uh, questions about specific games, come back tomorrow and ask them. And we will answer all of them until the clock strikes like one. Yeah. But Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. The one last question. Our uh, two-time first four through the door winner, Allison Brown, said, Why does Tepper always comb his hair all pretty when he makes videos for his picks? Well, there's a couple of things. One, uh, I comb my hair pretty every day, eh. pretty much. Mm. Um, I've started doing that. This is, this is a bit of self-improvement, although look at the shine. My goodness. Oily. Um, and watch it. And... <laughs> So I, I do that every day. But secondly, I mean, I do it so that I look nice on video. That's kind of, I don't know. Like, do, do, do you think people know that I wear makeup on Friday nights? <laughs> like, mm. I do. Yeah. And I comb my hair for Friday nights, too. Should I just show up like a, like a slob? Uh, why not? I have to wear a suit, which is... Yeah. I got into journalism specifically so I didn't have to wear a suit. A suit, yeah. And now here I am, guy who wears suit. It is bad. Uh, anything else? No. All right. It's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at textfootball.com. Thanks again to Zach Hudson, the head coach at Maybank, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please be your player of the year trophy. We will see you tomorrow for Mailback Friday on Texas Football Today.